When you're running a sale in Shopify, you create coupon codes, right? That's just one more thing for your customers to deal with. What if instead you could automate price changes and promotions? That's exactly what Bold's product discount app does. It's one of my longtime favorites from Bold, and if you need to run any kind of sale, this is the app to do it. You can run sales by hand-selecting products, a collection, a vendor, a product type, or even the entire store. And when you run sales, you can schedule them to start and stop at certain times. And there's an, even an option to put a live countdown timer on the products on sale. So it's perfect for daily deals. Sale ends in 4 hours, 3 minutes, 21 seconds, and counting. Imagine the urgency this can create. So one of the automation features I really like is this app's ability to put sale icons and badges on sale products, then automatically tag them when it puts them on sale, and remove the tag when they're off sale. So this lets me create a clearance or deals of the day section by making a Shopify collection where the product tag equals daily deal, and then the product automatically appears and disappears from it when it's on and off sale. And these sales pages are consistently one of the most visited pages on the stores that have them. So from power hour sales, daily deals, countdown timers, clearance corners, and more, just about every store can benefit from some kind of sale that this app can run. Before your next sale, grab it free for 60 days at ethercycle.com bold. That's ethercycle.com bold. Additional support for the unofficial Shopify podcast comes from SEO Manager. You know the benefit of SEO. The higher you rank in search engines, the more visitors your store will have. And more visitors means more sales, which means more money in your pocket. But how do you do that? That's where SEO Manager comes in. It helps Shopify store owners get found in search engines, and it's trusted by thousands of Shopify stores. It leads the market in both innovation and usability, and it's no wonder. SEO Manager adds an entire suite of tools to help attract new customers by fully optimizing your store. So here's a few of my favorites. It scans your site for SEO issues, offers keyword suggestions, adds structured data support, analyzes missing pages and redirects, and it even integrates with Kit, Shopify's personal marketing assistant. And that's not all. It does a whole bunch of more stuff. All of these things will help you to be easily found in Google and other search engines. And best of all, it's easy to get started. You can launch SEO Manager on your store in minutes, and their friendly support team is always on standby if you need help. Plus, as a special offer to our listeners, you can get SEO Manager right now for 10% off forever. Sign up at seomanager.com unofficial. That's seomanager.com slash unofficial. Hello and welcome back to the unofficial Shopify podcast. I'm your host, Kurt Elster, broadcasting from a humid, kind of gross Chicago in Skokie, Illinois, looking, I could see, it's a clear day, I could see the Sears Tower, it's so cool, I never get tired of that. Um, yet, all pictures of it look like total garbage, so I won't share anything. But, anyway, some housekeeping. Number one, Thursday, August 30th, if you're in the area, I have paid some money and I have rented out The Cube. The Cube is this cool community space um, right by the Apple Store in Old Orchard Mall in Skokie, Illinois, right, you know, uh, a two-minute walk from our office and on the other side of the mall. And I'm inviting you. It is a free event. It is a Shopify Plus event. And we're going to do a panel discussion. Right now, it's subject to change, but we got Andy Bedell from Keysmart, uh, TJ Mapes from Ripped Apparel, one of the the early Plus stores that was doing seven figures. Um, and we're going to talk about Black Friday, Cyber Monday, best practices and planning. So that should be exciting. I will include the link. You can check it out. Uh, just got to RSVP. 
in advance. Okay, so enough with our housekeeping. Today, we're talking about how to make more money with your Shopify store. That is usually what we talk about. Specifically today, we're going to talk about email marketing, and not just generic email marketing, abandoned cart sequence best practices. And here's why. Been selling a lot of Facebook ads funnels lately because they work, because we're good at it. We get results where other people don't. All right, enough tooting my own horn. But what there's a counterintuitive thing that happens. With these Facebook ads funnels, in the last year, uh, costs for ads has gone up dramatically, like 20 to 30%. And it's going to change depending on your vertical. But Facebook ads are getting more and more expensive, which means it's more and more expensive to acquire a customer. So we want to put ourselves in the best position as a consultant. I want to provide that high ROI. I want to look like a rock star for my clients. So when someone comes to us for a Facebook ad setup, one of the first things we do is look at, hey, what are you doing with email marketing? And what's, what's your site look like? And we'll do uh, look for quick wins to improve the conversion rate on the site, to get better uh, ROAS on our Facebook ads, and we'll turn around and start going through our email marketing because that has an outsized effect on the business, on the total revenue, uh, particularly of all this email marketing flows, abandoned carts are going to be one of the most important because if we've paid money to send a person to the site, paid money to get them come back to the site, and they get as far as almost buying something, well, that cost us money. That does me no good. So that's where these abandoned cart sequences are incredibly important all across the business start to finish, and they can have a big impact on your return on ad spend. So I've got an expert on the topic who eats, sleeps, breathes, not just email marketing automation, but very specifically has been talking a lot about these abandoned cart sequences. And it's AD Pinar from Conversio, prior to Conversio, AD co-founded WooThemes at WooCommerce. You may recall, made his early entrepreneurial mistakes learning about building software for e-commerce stores there, and has for several years now been all in on Shopify with Conversio, formerly Receiptful. You may remember it, uh, him on the show talking about it when it was Receiptful. And we're gonna, he's got uh, some clever ideas he's going to share with us about abandoned card emails. And really, abandoned cards have not seen a ton of innovation beyond like, we went from one email to we'll do like three or four email sequences. So we're going to go into a deep dive, and he's got all this data, way more data than I could ever hope to have on what actually works. So, Adi, thank you. Welcome. <laughs> thanks for having me, Chris, and thanks for, for that introduction. One thing I do have to point out just before my, my, my WooThemes co-founders, um, you know, call me biased in this regard, like whilst, um, you know, Convergio, we're very much, we're big within the, the Shopify ecosystem and, and truly invested, um, like my, my heart will always you know, kind of have Woo tattooed, you know, on it. Um, <laughs> so, I, so I just wanted to, to, to clarify that at least. That's okay. Sometimes I, you know, I'm, I'm a hardcore Apple user, but still fantasize about some of these Android devices. Just there's, <laughs> I really want to get into all that fragment. Oh, wait, I'm kidding. I really don't. I don't. I was just trying to sympathize. Um, okay. So tell, what is, what's the big, well, let, let's take a 10,000-foot view here. What the hell is Conversio? It's, it's conversion misspelled. Well, well, it's, I mean, I, I would argue that, you know, it's one less kind of letter, so it's easier to kind of spell and foster to type out, right? Um, oh, it's, this but, is a move toward efficiency, I see. Exactly, exactly. So Conversio is um, an email marketing platform, um, and we do two things today, which is emails um, and product reviews. Um, and we especially, our kind of current focus, especially try find ways in which you can do both those things um, together. So most merchants um, currently would probably be using 
different solutions for emails and um, and their product reviews or ratings. Um, so we definitely want to put all those things together so we can have or basically use all of the data um, to increase conversions across the whole kind of you know, span of different emails that you're sending. Um, and um, the one thing I add to that in terms of conversion is we're definitely kind of you know small to medium business focus um, and um, we're building you know, kind of building tools we have customers like five figure businesses six figure businesses all the way up to seven you know, figure businesses and what we try and do with the, kind of any of those um, you know businesses as customers is to help them kind of level up so if you're a five figure figure business like we have the kind of tools to take you to the next level etc cetera, etc cetera. so that that is our current focus um, and also kind of where um, our passion and interest comes from um, with abandoned carts, um, you know, at this kind of you know, stage. Out of purely as a kind of a, an interesting number, do you know how many emails you've sent? <sighs> like in, in total forever? Yeah. <sighs> no, I don't. That's a, that's, <laughs> that's, that's a very good question. And I, it I would be an interesting, uh, an interesting KPI just to know for yeah. the business is like, we have sent this many emails. Yeah. So, I mean, I... It's. I mean, it's. It's probably like it's just lot. beyond a uh, uh, hundred million. I would. I would think. Oh my gosh. Okay. Uh, like, Quite yeah, a few. Like, yeah. So because because we're send, sending, I think almost about thirty million at the moment. Wow. Um, a month. A month. So like, I'm thinking back, grand and growth. I mean, I would definitely like. We, we had a slow start initially with receiptful, um, sending a full 250 receipts in the in, in the first month. So like, things have ramped up. Um, but I would definitely think <laughs> would like so. like 110, 120 million um, as a, as a good guess. That's wild. Cool. Okay. So you've got some experience is what we've established. Um, a little bit. And within these emails, uh, let's, let's just define quickly when we say abandoned cart email, what are we talking about? So simply abandoned cart email is simply an email or a sequence, so multiple emails um, that you would trigger immediately after um, a customer has actually added products to their cart. Um, and then abandons without kind of purchasing. So they they just don't add, they don't go through the full checkout flow, um, you know, regardless of how that's set up. Um, and most abandoned carts, you know, solutions these days also do tracking, so you don't necessarily have, you know, need someone to even start checkout um, to actually trigger an email campaign related to the products that they then added to their cart. Okay. And Shopify itself has this built in, but it only sends one email and it's like a really... It's better than nothing, but it's it's a very it's a plain template. Um, is what I've done just to to tweak it. I'll add some text to it to make it more customer service oriented. But it's never going to be as good as a multiple email sequence. Am I right or wrong here? That we want one email is not going to do it. Yeah, no, totally. When we our like default best practice, the campaign that we kind of see working well for most of our customers is always a, a three email campaign um, that is span like the span is the timeline is about three days. Um, that's what we generally look at. Um, so I definitely agree. Like we we definitely see across the board that using multiple emails um, within the sequence outperforms a single email. Um, I think the, the caveat there is also that you never want to expand. Um, you know your customers, especially if they're prospects. Like you never know how, like how much of like purchasing intent they actually had, right? So like some people's like threshold in that sense, where they feel like you're being too pushy about getting a sale, like will be different. So hence why we actually in conversion we now limit it to like you can't send more than four emails per abandoned cart, just to kind of prevent our you know merchants from like being too pushy or too aggressive. Um, I would say that's the threshold. That. Like if by the time you get to five, that's excessive. And I, I subscribe to the idea that like, okay, in some situation, once a person is, is educated, is nurtured as a prospect, 
um, and has become a lead, there then you can adopt a philosophy of buy or get off my list. Like that, there's nothing wrong with that. Yeah. Um, to say, okay, make a decision here. Um, but yeah, like if they don't buy after four emails, I really don't think they're going to buy after five. And we can see it in these emails, like they get less and less. You're going to get fewer and fewer um, conversions from them. But what's the current state? Well, you sounds like you have a follow up. Go ahead. Yeah, no, sorry. Like, and I think the reverse. You, you mentioned kind of you know buy or get off my list. Like the, what we've actually seen, and um, before we get into the kind of current state, um, we stumbled into an interesting experiment um, alongside figuring out like how should we help our merchants, um, you know, with GDPR and GDPR compliance and, and, and consent. And what we've actually done is, even though we allow. Uh, you know, four emails in a abandoned cart email sequence. The last email is you can only do one thing with an email, which is for prospects that are not on your mailing list yet and they haven't like accepted the rest of your marketing emails. You, we use and we propose that you use that email as a simple way to say, "Hey, Kurt, maybe the timing wasn't right for us to kind of you know to sell this product to you and for you to buy this for whatever reason. But why don't we kind of you know, keep in touch um, and click you know simply click this button and we'll subscribe you to to our newsletter." And what I like about that approach, firstly, it's consensual, right? Because you're actually getting prospects to say, sure, I still want to be, like, I might not be right to purchase right now, but I actually want to, you know, hear from you as a company and as a brand in the future. And then you actually, you move them to a kind of a longer term nurturing campaign, whether it's automated or just kind of, you know, sending them your, you know, weekly or biweekly or monthly newsletters. Because at some stage, that probably gets you, I mean, it's not directly a band cart kind of recovery then, but you still have that prospect. You still, I mean, you, you mentioned Facebook ads initially. Like if you get an anonymous visitor and you actually get their email address with this kind of a band cart functionality, if they don't purchase, you don't want to miss out. Like there's a percentage of those customers that you can move into that like longer term funnel that you can keep engaged and like keep like top of mind for them and hopefully get a sale sometime in future as well. So you're saying it's a, it's a win even if I... So I've acquired them from, I've moved them from anonymous visitor to prospect. They almost bought an item but didn't. I should really, I should keep those people in my back pocket as, hey, we got close, the timing wasn't right, but clearly they're interested, they'll be back. And then the solution then is, well, let's just stay top of mind. Um, you know, maybe they're looking for a sale, they're looking for a better deal, or they're like, just, I really want this, but now, uh, you know, the time's not quite right right now, but in six months it will be. And I have no way of knowing that. So, yeah, we just move them. Like, let that email sequence end, and then they go on the general list where we'll, they'll get, you know, product announcements and sales updates and that sort of thing. Did, does that make sense? Did I get that right? Yeah, I mean, th that, that's perfect. Okay. I mean, you, like, the timing is such a subjective thing, and I, I don't think there's any automated like, way of knowing, like, why exactly a customer did not purchase right now, especially if they're not replying, right? So, like, moving them to that longer-term, like, nurturing or email you know, campaign allows you to then take multiple approaches over a you know, period of time, and hopefully one of them kind of becomes the trigger for them to you know, make that first purchase. And really, this does not have to be complicated. It could be as simple as they are added to the general list, they receive the four, three, four email long sequence for a banner cart, and then they're just on the general list with other people who have not purchased. We don't have to get crazy with it. Uh, segmenting and personalization is awesome, but I, do, I see so many people, even big businesses with like, um, we were working on one, they had a 100,000 person list. They, in there, and they were... Um, they were using Clavio, sorry, um, they, <laughs> and in it they were uh, they only had one workflow set up. Like all the others had been turned off or had so many filters they couldn't. They never literally had never sent anything, so they just had an abandoned cart sequence running. That was it, and they didn't know. They had no idea that this was what was going on. Um, so my my point is, it's awesome to get deep in the weeds and like really dial this stuff in. 
But I also see it as uh, when people are first getting into this, it it ends up being intimidating and they do nothing. So I think like from right now, I don't want anyone to be overwhelmed. I want you to just say, I'm going to have a, at the end of this episode, I'm going to know how to set up a better abandoned cart sequence. You don't have to get nuts with it. And Aidy and I both live, eat, sleep, breathe this stuff. So it's like, yeah, we get really excited. Like, oh, I want to set up this segment that, do set up these automation sequences. Oh my, okay. If you're there, cool, do it. But if not, you know, don't don't get intimidated. Don't feel like you have to do that stuff. Um, yeah, I just always want to dial it back to, hey, it's cool. You don't you don't have to do everything. We're stacking the bricks here. Um, all right. So let's. I want to I want to move backwards. I'm assuming that you've got some some industry data, some competitive analysis. What's the current state of abandoned carts look like? You're, 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 you're president e-commerce email here, and you're giving us the, the State of the Union address. What's it look like right now out, out in the wild? Yeah. yeah, so, I mean, we, the, the kind of the starting point for me in this card is the fact that if you have a look, so abandoned cart emails, they've been around like five, six, seven, eight years where it's really become a very prevalent thing, right? Um, and we've seen loads of companies, Converger has not been unique in you know, that sense um, up until recently, but there's loads of tools around that can help you send a good abandoned cart sequence. Um, there's a lot of education around like the copy that those you know, emails can use to be more persuasive, et cetera, et cetera. So part of this has not been new, the challenge that we're seeing within the space, though, is because there's been so little innovation around these things, um, alongside the fact that the accessibility of these tools um, has, is much greater than it was years ago. If you're a customer and you're like shopping from, say, two, three brands this week and you ban carts with all of them, you're probably going to get a very similar you know, email sequence from all of those you know, kind of brands or all those companies because they're using similar tools that are based on the kind of similar tried and tested methods, right? So I think that's kind of when you ask me about the, the, the you know, state of the nation for abandoned carts, that's the first thing to note. I think for merchants to stand out um, in their customers' inboxes, that's become much harder. And it's not just because of the content you're putting in your emails, it's literally also the capability um, of like how to represent that and literally standing out in, in the inbox. The second thing that kind of you know, related to that is because the like with this proliferation of abandoned cards like tactics, we I sense that we've kind of almost coached kind of all consumers to expect an abandoned card email, especially with discount you know, code. Oh so my god, yes. We, no, I this is so I'm mean, yeah. like clearly I am uh I am an edge case here given <laughs> that I'm a senior e commerce consultant. Yep. But I do this like it, and I, I've told this story before, but it recently, we just remodeled our bathroom and I did to cut costs on it. I did all the shopping myself and really dramatically reduced costs because I'm not paying retail for stuff. But I'd find the item I want, drop it into Google Shopping, go to the site, look for coupon codes using a Chrome extension called Honey, look, uh, try, uh, sometimes I'd guess at codes. Then I'd try to trigger exit intent pop-ups and I'd do it at cart. Then I'd run through the checkout, make sure I get all the way to the end but not purchase because the, really the very sophisticated people will give more value to those, the ones that made it all the way through the process. And then I would just I'd say, all right, if they can be bothered to send me an abandoned cart sequence, then I could be bothered to buy from them. And then we would see what shows up. 
And oftentimes, like I would rec- like at this point, I now recognize the templates because very few people do like a custom template for this stuff. So I'll know like the service they're using, and that kind of gives me an idea of like, well, here's the default template they recommend. Um, and in doing this, I save literally thousands of dollars. Uh, but I I can't be alone in this. I'm sure other people have figured this out too. No, exactly. I mean, like I think you know, just part of that because I agree. Like you with your like your knowledge about the space. That's your angle. But I think even if you take like the non-technical consumer here, like many people like are online and buy, like window shopping, right? So they're adding stuff to carts and they even unexpectedly you know, get these things. So they stumble into that habit of like, you know, kind of, um, you know, doing window shopping and then like leaving stuff, you know, kind of cook some dinner or whatever. And then later saying, oh, well, these, you know, this company has actually given me like a, a massive discount for these, you know, products I left in a cart. So I think, like this is definitely a prevalent thing, and it's growing. Like ultimately, consumers are also getting more educated and like intelligent um, about the way things work online. So, and I think the challenge for merchants there is with anything discount related, like you always have to find that balance. You have to have a good discounting strategy as to not devalue your product. Like you, you can't. I think the the risk is also always when you only have customers that purchase when things are on sale or like on discount because there's the value proposition there is ultimately in the long term and when we're talking about increasing customer life to value that's the thing that's going to hurt you most um, because you're going to educate your customers like just wait for the next sale or just like whatever whether it's a once a promotion or like an abandoned cart discount like discounting needs to be kind of you know clever there um, and it's obviously more prevalent with abandoned carts um, and it is def- like discounting strategy, strategy is definitely part of like even Convergio's best practice in that sense um, even though we advocate kind of caution um but with abandoned cars this is even more prevalent than other types of you know kind of promotions or email marketing that you can do so like as a there's definitely a caution um that i would put out there you know for for discounting so this and this is interesting because the uh the episode before this uh was with um steve deckert from smile.io and his premise was hey you guys got to get away from just discounting all the time and if you're not engaging your customers beyond just we have good price and we deli- and we won't steal your credit card, then your business, like if that's the mode you're in, your business is just a vending machine. It is purely transactional. No one is engaged with the brand. No one's engaged with it emotionally. They're just there for the best price. And that is not a long-term durable strategy. And it's interesting to hear you, you know, having not heard that episode and unprompted, say exactly the same thing. It's, let's, you've got to get away from the, the nonstop discounting. And when you look at the really successful stores, I've noticed um, like huge e-commerce brands, they all, they give the they'll either avoid discounting 100% or they'll give the impression of the discount, but the prices really never change. And the like the king of this is Wayfair. Go go shopping on Wayfair. You'll discover like there are no coupon codes. Coupon codes never work and all the they're constantly running a supposed sale that is highly targeted to whatever like specific, very specific vertical category you're looking at uh but the prices never actually change like just go find something you know some like a mirror or something and add it to cart and you start the checkout and suddenly you get all these emails like oh yeah mirrors are on sale and interior accessories on sale with weird your mirrors right in there and yet the prices never change um so we're seeing that like more and more the the big confident brands aren't running aren't just competing on price anymore yeah, and I mean, I, I think, you know, Curtis, that like if 
that's already a trend with, with the big brands. It should be even more the case for you know smaller businesses because ultimately, like the bigger brands, probably also have the budgets where they can you know experiment with loss leaders. Um, they can like have temporary losses in general because they might be kind of you know venture funded, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. But small businesses, like they generally like need to keep a tight eye on you know cash flow, right? So I, I wholeheartedly kind of agree with all those things. And when we're thinking about kind of abandoned carts and the stuff that we have seen working. Um, in general, kind of in the, in, a, in the last couple of months, as we've you know, experimented with our customers, um, that's what we're trying to do. We're trying to help them be more profitable, um, not focus heavily on, you know, on, on discounting and focus on other ways of essentially standing out from the crowd. I think that's an important thing here because like, most consumers now have multiple brands that they can buy similar products from, um, and they are, they are clever. Like They will compare price, um, but we're trying to kind of also kind of you know, just change the focus away from price focusing on value and focusing on those customers that truly want to you know want to engage with your brand as you've mentioned so let's all right let's get tactical with it number one do abandoned cart emails still work yeah i mean definitely i mean our abandoned cart emails um is still one of the best in if not the best in our whole kind of population um of types of emails to send. i mean it's i think it's absolutely critical um it you know it, it 100% works um there's no merchants in this world that should not have some form of like the abandoned cart email setup going so you all right so we've got we have established yes you should do this and you had said for number of emails one's not enough is better than nothing Five is too many, so we need to be sending two through four, two, three, four. Um, I'll usually do three if I'm feeling – if it's a brand, I think I can get away with it. I'll do four. Um, you, uh, you had established four is the right number, correct? Sorry. I, I said uh, yes. Um, I mean – we so we advise three emails and then as mentioned okay. that we use we, we use that fourth email as a way to kind of if you are not already on a mailing list um i you've never kind of consented to any of our other marketing emails like use that email as a way to you know stop selling you um for this cart that you abandoned and instead just kind of get consent to move you you know to the, the you general do, mailing list instead do i do do i want to do something like um like on my list on my own list i invite the no so if you signed up and said hey like i already i've got your consent to email you um but if you signed up and then got to the end of like the initial sequence, I say, hey, it's okay to unsubscribe. Literally is the subject line. And I say, and I've got the link right in there. Hey, here's the, here's the, the link to unsubscribe if you don't want to hear from me ever again. And that's got the lowest, that's probably got the lowest unsubscribe rate of any email I ever send. So, um, or, so do you do something like that? Or should it be more like, hey, here's a trigger link that, okay. Uh, we're going to unsubscribe you unless you, you essentially triple opt-in, I suppose, double opt-in um, again. Yeah, so we definitely do the latter. I mean, I, I think the, the, the premise here is with the GDPR, like you, someone that you identified for the purposes of abandoned carts only, so right, so this is, prior to that, this is an anonymous kind of person to you. You capture the email address. They've not consented to email marketing yet. You're allowed to send them emails about the cards they abandoned because there is legitimate interest um, that they showed there. But you, as I said, they're not subscribed yet, so you definitely need consent from them, proactive consent. Um, it's not a case of unsubscribing. So in Converjo, for example, if you only have prospects and subscribers for abandoned cards uh, sequences, beyond that kind of abandoned cards, even like say you run your sequence across three or seven days, 
After that, you can't send them any other emails via our software. You can't opt them, you know, okay. opt them into any other emails because that's like they there was no consent there. Um, so, so we definitely encourage. I mean, I, I love your strategy, by the way. I, that can totally work. But I don't think that's applicable for. But um, I, yeah, I'm in the U.S. where GDPR is essentially <laughs> voluntary. However, it is it's a series of best practices that I agree with. Um, so I would, given the option, if it's like painless to opt into GDPR compliance, I would say go for it. If if more North American businesses, and it's it's not just regulatory compliance as well. In your case, same like you know, with, with, with what I'm proposing, it's about that consent and the engagement, right? Because what we I think what most email marketers or anyone doing email marketing misses is they look at list size. And they think like I just need to make my list as big as possible. The problem with that is like in your like follow through metrics in terms of like open rates, click rates, et cetera, et cetera. If you have a disengaged list of people, like it's just going to skew all those results. You're never really going to know what what is working, why is this working, um, and like running experiments is, is going to be hard. So like calling that list in whatever way, there's multiple ways to do it, but making sure you only have like engaged like consensual subscribers on your list um, is always like kind of that's email marketing best practice in my opinion. I would, yes. And that's kind of, it's interesting. We rarely hear about, talk about, never get asked about ever the concept of list hygiene in e-commerce where like the info marketer crowd, a hundred percent knows about list hygiene. Um, the service I use for it, uh, kickbox.com, you, uh, it either connects via API to your software or you give it a spreadsheet. You can set, uh, various priorities and it'll very quickly, it'll run through your list and give you back, all right, here's the emails that are straight up fake, here's the ones that are spam and junk, and here's the ones that are likely to be low quality. Um, and in doing that, then you improve your deliverability rate. It's less, it's much less likely you're getting stuff marked as spam. But if you're sending out you know, huge blasts and you've got big, uh, this huge email list that's never been cleaned and you're getting tons of bounce back, well, now you're gonna start getting yourself marked as spam and that's the risk there. So list hygiene's important, um, kickbox, the one I like for that. I've, really, I've never tried anything else, um, but I've got that in my uh, in the show notes for you. Okay, so in this, you said uh, we're sending f- four emails for our banana cart, and the fourth is this list hygiene email, which I, I like a lot. What's number one, two, and three? So we generally advocate like do not send uh, a discount in the first email. Um, there's many people that literally just step away from the computer because they get a phone call while you're kind of while they're checking out, um, and like if you're sending that email too soon and you're already kind of you're just diving there with discount, you're probably just giving money away. So we kind of generally advise against that. Um, the first email in that sense, kind of our default stuff. Um, and like I, I want to touch on before I get into some of the emerging stuff that we've seen. Kind of the basics here would be just a reminder of this is the cart you abandoned. Um, did something go wrong? So trying to get some kind of you know feedback mechanism or feedback loop going with that customer there. And then we generally advise kind of you know emails two and three. The second email would then include a discount. Um, there's always time limited to create some sense of urgency um, there. Um, and the third email in the campaign um, to then be a ri- reminder of that okay. discount kind of in, in, in the second email. I like this approach. So this is essentially what I'm doing now. Um, the way we would do it, if it was a three email sequence, we would go, no, first one is, cust- I call it customer service email. So it's a reminder, mm-hmm. but we make it so it's entirely focused on the customer and providing value to them and maybe demonstrating like, hey, here, we're, we're legit and we care. We've got customer support. Um, just ask them, hey, we saw you put together a card on our site, but you didn't go through. You didn't make a purchase. Did something happen? Do you have any questions we can answer? That sort of thing. Make it customer service oriented. And the, 
Second one, then we go, oh, uh, you know, good things come to those who wait. Here's your discount code, maybe 10, 15%, 15%, just something to get them over the line. Could be free shipping. Um, you could get creative with it. Most are going to do the percentage discount, so they just work site-wide. But maybe you can get more creative with it through segmenting um, or your products are very similar. Uh, it would be cool to do, like, here's a coupon code for a free gift. That might be smart. And then the third, but you say, all right, it's going to expire in 24 hours. And then the third is just the reminder, hey, remember that coupon code we sent you yesterday? Just wanted to let you know it's going to expire tonight. And, of course, you want to make sure that these are actually dynamically generated coupon codes, one-time use that expire, because it's going to look really bad and sleazy when it says, oh, yeah, uh, you've got 24 hours for this coupon code, and the code has come back, and it's like we know that that's just the coupon code used for everything. Um, And it sets up distrust. And then our fourth is the, the list hygiene email. Yeah. So yeah, I mean that all of that is perfectly spot on, and that's essentially the like the best practices we've been recommending to all conversion you know, merchants um, for the last two and a half years since we've had abandoned cart functionality, um, and that that converts. But what's the I timing mean, like? What? How? When should I be? How long should I wait? When should I be sending these? So for the first you know three emails, um, our kind of default timing is one hour, twenty four hours, um, and then three days. So the, the coupon and that we recommend in the in the second email is valid for two days, and then we follow up on the third day, reminding you that that coupon actually expires that day. Okay. Yeah, you want to for sh- what we have seen messing with retargeting and looking at how long it takes, like touch points. Set by seven day, if they have not purchased by seven days, it's like 99% of people are not going to purchase. The longest you could draw it out, we have found, seems to be six days. I don't know why that became the magic number, but it is. Um, but really, it's going to be like in those uh, those first four days. So I like the sequence going one hour, so it's immediate. Strike while the iron's hot. Uh, and a lot of people use their inbox as a to-do list. They're like, oh, yeah, oh, crap, I was going to buy that. Oh, oh, look, they emailed me. Great. That's a reminder. I can look at that later. Awesome. And then we've got uh, our in 24 hours. Hey, let's get that discount. And then we're going to give them some time. We're going to wait three days and then send the reminder. Um, I like that. I think that's a, a great approach. What about so, – go so, ahead. So, 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 sorry, Chris. So, so here's the thing, right? I mean this – like I, that's – Anyone that doesn't have an abandoned cart like a sequence, or if they're sending, you mentioned Shopify's default kind of you know native email, the single email. If they don't have that, that's the kind of strategy that I would recommend anyone kind of implement. The challenge with that is also that's the kind of mostly the you know tried and tested kind of trademarked um, you know best practice at this stage, and it's it's well known. I I don't think but in the things that we discussed, few people do it. Like that's among yeah, the high performers, you're right. This is very common. But at least when I did like this this bathroom shopping experiment, which was really quite enlightening, doing this to so many stores, many did not do. There were very few where I saw exactly this. Most it was one or two, and I was really kind of shocked at how poor they <laughs> they were. Even like yeah. really good stores had clearly not the. There was kind of a hand wavy. Yeah, yeah, we set that up. Like you could tell. Like yeah, we know we're so. That's a checkbox on our marketing list. We did it, and it's because these things are intimidating when you load them up, and they're like, "Here's the 35 workflows we recommend," and you're like, "Oh shit, this is gonna take a while." Um, and just focus on the abandoned cart email. That's the important one. That's the one like everyone who is valuable is going to interact with. Um, okay, hold on. I got one more. I got one follow up question for your the standard best practice one, and that's subject lines. What's what's it? What goes into a good subject line? 
we all caps so, lots of exclamation points right? <laughs> yeah exactly and like just open free, this or we'll kill you free, dog. Free yeah no so interesting enough Kurt, like we've not had conclusive data about the things that actually work like truly well like what we've seen um at least with conversion we we also do a little bit of like conversion specific consulting for for a handful of clients where we work with them on like customizing their you know conversion workflows and what we have seen is the campaigns that work the best is where the subject lines are like they are very consistent with the voice and tone or the brand itself. And the, the caveat there is that the brand actually knows what their voice and tone is. So that's not something that I think email itself develops. Like the brand needs to know, like, how do I speak to my customers? What kind of your know, words resonate with them? And I think if you can be like, if your like you know, voice and the tone is a little cheeky, for example, then totally be cheeky in the subject line. I think like there's no, as far as we've seen, like no special formula. Like just be consistent and be like be true to your brand. Like I think those are the things that um, sure. will work all. Well. Yeah. For sure, yeah. You want that consistency. Um, if you have like if it's a very professional, tried and true brand, like reflect that. Um, but if it's very, uh, if you can get cheeky with it, that is that seems to work well because it looks more. The email subject lines will naturally look more like something from a friend, and you're just more inclined to open it. Like the one I have, and you're right, like it is really hard to tell because it depends on the audience, like just to say this is the best, this is going to work. Um, but I found uh, if it if the it works for the brand, the more conversational, the better. The shorter, the better because it looks more conversational. Yeah. So just for the first one, like I just, I just want to get them to open the first one. If I could do that, that helps a lot in seeing them open the others. And with that first reminder email, since it, we make it customer service oriented, the shortest and best performing one I'll send, if again, if it fits, is all lowercase, can I help, question mark. Three words, yeah. that's it. Um, and that tends, that works well. Those really short subject lines, though, it has to be like all focused on the customer or it, for whatever reason they're annoying when you open them. If it's just like one word, you open it, and then it's all about trying to buy, sell something to me. So I only like to do this with a customer service one. Beyond that, like uh, clarity being just concise and clear seems to be the magic. Like, don't, people try to get way too clever. Like, there's three puns jammed into their subject line and a double entendre. Like, what are you doing? No one even knows what this says anymore. Where, like, the, the third, the reminder email, should literally just be something like, your, your, your discount expires today, your savings expire today. Done. Yeah. Like, I'm gonna, that's four words, and I'm going to open that because I'm loss averse. Um, but it's just, that would be my only advice there is, is concise and clear, I think, is and yeah. as long as it matches the tone of the brand. All right, I love this. Totally. You have laid out and confirmed for me this is the best practice strategy, but that's the best practice strategy that a lot of people are doing, that sophisticated smart folks are doing. What should I be doing? What are you seeing as innovation? What are people doing instead that works? Yeah, so I, I mean, I, there's three things, Kurt, that I, three kind of tactics that we've recently seen um, that definitely, you know, kind of works um, that I that I would love to cover. So I think since you mentioned, um, you know, kind of Steve and, and Smile.io earlier, um, I'll definitely, I'll, I'll start there. Um, and this was, this tactic you know was something Steve? that was, yeah, we've, um, so Converjo recently um, did a, a kind of very deep integration with Smile.io. So I've, I've been kind of, you know, fortunate to, to work with Steve and um, his team, you know, closely in the last couple of weeks and actually managed to, to meet, you know, Steve in person um, at Unite as well. So, like, we're, we're very excited about that integration as well and, like, for many other reasons. And then we stumbled onto, onto this tactic um, 
for abandoned cars, which which I'd love to share. So we. Well, hold on, let me back. I, you said well, I was fortunate. I got to meet him at Unite. If you're a Shopify partner, go to Shopify Unite. It's the coolest thing. Yeah. All right, here you go. Number one, while in this like insane cool arcade bar, that's where I I ran into and caught up uh, with eighty here. And I had, you know, iced coffee with, with Steve while we were there, Steve from Smile.io. And then they gave me the strangest but possibly best conference swag I ever got, a fancy Turkish bath towel that ended up being included in said bathroom remodel. So if you are a Shopify partner, go and you're on the fence about it. You will get a ton of value out of it. Go to Shopify Unite next year. I love it. I've been to all three. It's a ton of fun. All right. Uh, back out of that rabbit hole, you were saying... Yeah. So the first tactic when you think about abandoned carts and, and kind of you know, again standing out from from the crowd is, if you have some kind of rewards and loyalty program, is to literally use that to your advantage. So there's there's two things that we've seen and one that I have a, a good case study on. So the first case study was we had a merchant um, using Convergio and and Smile.io, and what they did was they just created a separate abandoned cart sequence specifically targeted at members that had more than X amount of points, right? Um, which means when I say kind of the separate sequence and segmenting there, it means that every other kind of customer, whether it's, you know, a prospect or first time buyer repeat customer would get other sequ- you know, kind of emails for if they abandon you know, cards. But for, you know, members that actually had points, they would get a totally different sequence. And what this merchant just did was instead of including a discount coupon in that sequence, they literally just said, hey, Kurt, we see that you have a thousand points, already did you know that you can actually use this to you know towards this kind of purchase you know for these products that you abandon um and literally and i checked up on this this morning there's two fascinating stats that i that i want to share is that campaign literally has a six like six times um difference for recovered revenue per email sent um for that sequence compared to the rest um of their abandoned cart emails and that's compared to repeat customers, right? So if you consider six times for other repeat customers versus, you know, this specific sequence, and it actually had a 12 times increase for recovered revenue per email sent if you consider the whole their whole population, like all their abandoned carts um, sequences. And the nice thing about doing that is instead of giving away a new discount, you're literally just incentivizing your customers to um, use the points that they already have. So technically, I, like I'm an accountant or I have a degree in accounting. Technically, those points are a liability on your balance sheet. But so hence why it's also good to get your customers to redeem them. But it was such a like it's such a great way to kind of engage your already loyal you know, customers to get them over the line and actually make that purchase. Um, and I said like I, I think those metrics. Like there's very few things that we've done at Convergio for any merchant that has a, that kind of you know impact on you know any email related metric in such a sh- you know, short space of time. Yeah, well, no, yeah. It, it makes perfect sense, and it, it's just such good it's serendipity that we had <laughs> talked last week to Steve about exactly this concept. Um, I, what else you got? What else I got? So, <laughs> so how, well, so, how so many what? outside the we're, so we've established our best practice system here. Now we've got some. Uh, you've you've got these outside the box innovative ideas. Number one is is implementing that loyalty referral program. Uh, do we and do we and, and not just implement? Yeah, and we have two more. And it's okay. not just about implementing a, a loyalty and referral program. It's it's actually using those things. Like I think that there's a consolidation. in place of discounts. In place of discounts, and I mean, there's probably like the bigger picture here, Kurt, is also like when most merchants are using multiple mar- like marketing apps in general, and these bloody things don't speak to each other, right? But there's missed opportunities like 
at the where those things overlap. I mean, this is a good example of like where uh, a loyalty and rewards program actually overlaps with an abandoned cart, like you know, email e- email tactic or solution, right? So it's just about finding those overlaps and then using both those things to essentially increase the you know kind of the the the, the follow through for you know, from from both of those things as well. So that's the that's definitely kind of the first one, and and you'll see. Like in me mentioning that, like the next two things that I want to share has similar qualities as well, like drawing like from assets, like marketing assets you have by like, but not just kind of find within your email marketing. So the two other things that I, that I want to share, the first is um, like literally using more social proof within abandoned cart emails, right? So we all know, like generally know that you know, product re- your reviews and ratings, any function of social proof helps breed your know, kind of trust and credibility with, you know, with consumers. And where most Merchants use this is on their websites. So if I'm a first-time customer, I go to your store, like I see, oh, this product is highly rated, like you seem to be legit, et cetera, et cetera, and I get to a point of adding products to the cart and then you know, kind of I abandon it. If I abandon it at that stage and I never go back to the you know, website, like you never have the opportunity to use that social proof to convince me again, right? So the two ways that we've kind of, you know, we're using this within Converge where we've seen a very, very kind of, you know, nice uplift in recovery rates is to firstly say, like, use your, like, if you have highly rated products in a, you know, in the cart that was abandoned, like, actually use the star rating um, within the subject line. Um, because what that does is, like, if you look and you visualize, a, like, a Gmail inbox and you suddenly have, like, you know, stars in the subject line, that definitely makes you stand out um, against the crowd. So, like, that definitely helps. And the second thing that helps, to you know, with regards to that is, also, just including like when you have a list of products, like hey Kurt, here's the three products you abandoned in your cart. Um, literally, also showing like here's the star rating, you know, for those products, and it actually has like x many of you know reviews. Because what that does is you get another oh, opportunity to and Conversio to, to, does reviews. Well, yes, and I mean I I don't mean that as a punt, you know, for Conversio. I think the Conversio's advantage there is that we do these things natively, right? So you don't need to connect. Your, your kind of our email tools to like an outside or external like review you know, tools. It well, shoots through. It's a be- brilliant. I, I wasn't saying that. I, it's a brilliant idea. So in my head, I immediately was like, how do I do that? <laughs> and I'm sorry. Yeah. I'm like, and I'm like, all right, I wonder what they integrated with. And then I recalled, oh, Conversio has this built in. They are already doing reviews. So that's a, it's much easier. Um, yeah. So yeah, and, that's a great that's idea. That's definitely what we're trying to do here, right? So, because as I said, most, most merchants, do already use some form of like they have some form of you know, product reviews. So why not use that within this kind of you know um, a band card sequence when you have another opportunity to kind of resell and remarket your customer, right? So that's definitely something that we want to kind of help there. I mean, I I, I personally my my wife runs a, a store in South Africa, and I personally helped her. She was the beta tester when we when we started building these conversion, and her. Recovery rate, like in the first month since we implemented just those two little things, right, um, was a 36% increase. That's literally the extent that kind of that, that she saw. Now, I like again, that sounds like a brilliant number. These things, I mean, I, I totally classify them as emerging ideas. Like we, our data set is not big enough for me to make like bold claims. Like do this, you know, do this one thing, and you're gonna like three x your recovery rate. But we're definitely seeing like these are like data backed like case studies at least where like they're definitely emerging things that are working in terms of like boosting recovery rates. And they're different. Like they're, I mean, they're different to kind of the best practices that we've discussed earlier. No, I just phenomenally good ideas. Uh, and then you had a third one. I, yes, I have a third one. So this is the one I'm, I'm personally most excited about. Um, Cause I'm pretty I, excited. The I, reviews idea, like 
as you said, put social proof in it. I was like, all right, so we'll put like a pull quote, get a testimonial, that kind of thing. Um, that's an easy, universal, good idea. But then, oh, pull the review ratings in and put the stars in the subject line. I'm like, damn, <laughs> that one's good. I've not seen that one. Okay, so if this is the one you're most excited about, let's hear this. Yeah, so and especially if, like when you said customer testimonial now and like that's where your head went, I, I think you're going to like this idea. So this idea, like the premise for me here is to start thinking about how if I would had a physical store um, and I had a customer like walk into my store, add perks to a physical cart and then like take the cart to my like exit door and then leave the cart there before abandoning like lit my store. What would that kind of conversation look like? And what kind of sales fundamentals, like sales 101, how would I persuade that customer, right? Because the thing with any like automated marketing, which, you know, kind of abandoned cart emails is generally it's automated and it's done that way to be, scale, you know, kind of scalable and time efficient. But it becomes a little bit generic. Whereas if, like, if you were that person abandoning like, the, the product within my physical store, I would be able to have that one-on-one conversation with you, right? And that doesn't scale. But... In this idea, we explore like what would that look like in a more automated way. So, what we stumbled on was instead of like most people, as I mentioned earlier, like they are like window shopping and they're probably adding like more than one product to a cart um, for future consideration. They get to a point. I mean, I know my, my wife does this um, when she's clothes shopping. She'll add multiple products to her cart um, and then she'll decide what she's going to order afterwards. Like right. But instead of like in that abandoned cart sequence, which most kind of tools do, is they wouldn't tell you like, here's the three things you abandon, which basically means you're diluting the persuasion by three, right? Because you're basically saying, hey, Kurt, here's three things. And I have no idea of like which one of these you're going to purchase. So the things we've like we've done with Convergio is to say, firstly, let's focus on a single product, right? Um, And let's just highlight that single product for you. And the way we'll highlight it is by doing two things. We're going to allow you to actually like show show the customer the primary benefits or unique selling points for that product. So you get that opportunity. I mean, these are kind of sales fundamentals, right? Like refocusing or re-emphasizing like the primary reasons to you know, buy this product. Um, and the second thing is we'll actually pull recent like five-star reviews as testimonials from this product. So it extends that kind of social proof, but in a more specific way where we can specifically say like, hey, Kurt, look at this product. Here's what we say are the primary benefits. And then here's what kind of some of our recent customers kind of have said about this. Um, and I said, this is this is like very new. I have kind of no data about this. We only released this um, last week, uh, or sorry, two weeks ago. So this is very, very new. But where we have kind of seen our merchants implemented, there's a little bit of manual work here. You need to add your copy. But there's definitely kind of, there's a lot of interest from, from our merchants there because it takes, it is still automated, it is still scalable, um, but it takes a little bit more kind of, you know, of that one-to-one, you know, unique focus and personalization for a specific customer. I was thinking, as you're going through this, I was thinking to myself, I wonder if you could set up a trigger where if card value is over X, then, and it gets abandoned, then send me the owner or like a customer service rep that info and then reach out to the customer directly personally and be like hey you know i'm this is not a, and you'd have to convince them it's not an abandoned cart sequence um i wonder and it, I mean, it's like a bit time limited but with email templates you could do it pretty quickly i bet that would would have an outsized impact seeing be like wow this is an actual high touch real person email 
Well, yes, I mean, I, I think that's a, a great idea. And I think, you know, when you think about just the principles, like, you know, the first principles underlying that is like any email that seems like higher touch, that seems like this is a merchant that they've done something to personalize this to me. So it's beyond personalization, just like first name and say, hey, Kurt, and my kind of, you know, email, right? So there's a little bit more like they, they really considered like, this is the product that they want to highlight for me and they're showing me unique content like about that product, right? I think all of those things, at least in principle and in theory, should convert better than you know things that generally just looks generic and things that are like consumers have you know come to expect. Um, and I'm that's, always you know, extremely impressed when I see um, content in an email specific to the product I was looking at. I saw one last week from um, Jake Starr at Recycled Firefighter in which post-purchase, I got an e- like when my product was triggered, uh, like based off the delivery notification, I got an email that said, hey, your stuff arrived today. Here's now hear the story about it. And he had like, and I don't even, I'm not even sure how Jake did this, um, but he had like, oh, here's a link to the story behind each of the products you bought. And I bought four products and I got four links to a page on the Shopify store that was like long form content about the idea and the design process. It was really quite interesting. And that stuff went into my brain and now I could go and repeat that if people ask about, wow, that's a cool duffel bag. What, where'd you get that? And it was like, oh, well, this guy, and now I know the whole story. So it's very high touch, but that was post-purchase, but he's really thinking long game there in trying to drive um, word of mouth. Yeah, I mean, and that's what we've you know kind of essentially done with this kind of new functionality within you know Converjo is like you know it mightn't be for multiple products. I said the I think part here is to say to pick a single kind of product, and and at the moment we pick use pick the seller, pick the best seller. I mean, that's the rudimentary part thereof. For us, the next step here is to actually kind of consider your browsing and purchasing history and then using a simple recommendation algorithm to kind of make those decisions. But the way Converger works at, you know, at this stage is it will pick either the, the kind of your most popular or the highest rated you know, kind of product within that cart. But then it does that. It kind of really zeroes in on that one product, giving you like that, the ability to do that deep dive you know, for that single product. Um, and again, like it definitely has that sense of personalization. It's um, And at least I think the thing that merchants should consider here is what you want to achieve here is you just need to be better than the rest, right? You just need to be better than your, your competitors. You don't need to be perfectly kind of, you know, or like completely high touch, completely personalized. You just need to be that X percent, like more personalized, more that like different to, to your competitors to actually get your customers to purchase from you, right? Um, and that's at least like all these kind of strategies or ideas that I've kind of shared that's what we're trying to do is just finding that kind of, you know, X percentage kind of difference improvements um, to in, like boost recovery rates. I, I love all of these ideas. Take, take what you could do, take the, the best, leave the rest, implement it in your business. And I think this will have, this is one of those things that, yeah, it may take you a couple hours to figure out and set up, but long-term, this one is absolutely going to pay dividends and is a critical, represents a, a critical step in your sales funnel to stop leaks from that, that proverbial funnel. And especially we got Black Friday, Cyber Monday right around the corner, man. Do this now before you're too busy and the holidays are already past you. Because, um, yeah, this, this one will make you money, I promise. I guarantee it. Um, 80, yeah, thank you. This has been, we went long because I'm like, damn, this is, this is good stuff. So where could people go to learn more about you? 
Yeah, so I mean, the, the easiest is um, is probably well. If they want to learn about me personally, my, my blog is ad dot me, um, and if for the more kind of e commerce specific stuff, um, converger dot com. Um, if you ping me on ad at converger dot com, I'm more than happy to to chat through anything that I kind of shared today. I'm more than happy to do a deep dive with you know if, you know anyone about it. Um, I'm more than happy, like if anyone else out there has more kind of emerging ideas about you know about cards things that's working. Um, Hit me up. I would love to kind of chat about that. Very good. Adi, thank you. This has been enlightening. Awesome. Thanks for having me, Kurt. Before we go, I wanted to tell you about the one Shopify theme I've used more than any other. It's called Turbo by Out of the Sandbox. And as its name implies, it's built for speed. But that's not why I love it. I love it because it's the most configurable feature pack theme for Shopify today. Features like predictive search, easy mega menus, infinite scrolling collections, and a ton of page templates for all of your content. And I've got a special offer for you. You can get it today at a 20% discount when you use the code PODCAST20. You can even try it for up to two weeks, and if you don't love it, Out of the Sandbox will refund it for you. So to check it out now, go to ethercycle.com turbo and use code PODCAST20 at checkout. It's ethercycle.com turbo. Our program was produced today by Paul Rita. The unofficial Shopify podcast is distributed by EtherCycle LLC. We'll be back next week with more value bombs for Shopify store owners. If you're looking for more high quality and actionable advice on learning the business of e-commerce, join thousands of other Shopify store owners on our totally free newsletter at eCommerce Bootcamp. That's eCommerce-Bootcamp.com.